This is God's servant Dilip Koshikoshi. I am the pastor of Revelation Church. Thank you for tuning into our podcast. I pray that you will experience the power of God's word in all its richness and glory today. May your faith be revived, your mind be renewed, and your body be healed in Jesus' name. Let's pray. Father, we thank you. We are here to listen to you. We thank you for your word. It's your word. And speak to us, Lord. Minister to us. Holy Spirit, minister in this place. Hallelujah. Thank you for teaching us. Thank you for your word. Our hearts open, our minds are alert. Our whole being is receptive unto that which you want to speak to us, even this morning. Let your word come, Lord. Let it accomplish what it has been sent forth for. Let it bear much fruit in our lives. We thank you. Give you all the glory. Give you all the praise. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen, amen. Amen. So, uh, we went through Romans chapter 6. Am I right? 6, you know, under the influence of righteousness. Amen. Present the members of your body as instruments unto righteousness. We looked at the word present. Present is a word that has two, two Greek words to it. Amen. I'm not a Greek scholar, but I'm just studying things. One is the word narcissus, amen, out of which comes narcotics, the word narcotics, amen. And the other one is the word histeme, which means to stand, amen. So to present means to stand under the influence, to stand under the influence. And we said present the members of your body, man, your mind, your heart, your will, your emotions, amen, your senses, your eyes, your ears, the sense of smell, the sense of taste, sense of touch. Your organs, the function of your body, your whole being, amen? You present, you know? Why I say that? Because there's another word present, you know? We, in, in Romans chapter 12, that 12, it says, we offer, or again, present our bodies as a living sacrifice. sacrifice. No, not just our soul, not just our senses, but our, even our whole being, we present. Means we give it to God to stand under the influence of Righteousness, like as if we are drugged. Like we are doped, amen? In righteousness. Means righteousness takes control over us, amen? And uh, uh, we saw that, we saw that uh, right from day one, you know, when we go, go, when we went through chapter one, chapter two, chapter three, like that, we went through, we said, we, we also saw that uh, the, the spirit of God, God, God gave us his spirit to, uh, and he convicts us of three things. One of sin. The spirit will convict you of sin. And of righteousness and of judgment. When we were convicted of sin, we turned our life to Christ. Now, the once we turn our life to Christ, we are convicted of righteousness. Means that we need to walk right. And we know that we can't walk right. Amen? How many of you agree that? That's what we've been learning. Amen? <laughs> None of us can walk right. And that's why the David said in Psalm 23, he will make me walk in parts of... So he can make us walk right. Amen? So it's a place of surrender. It's a place of humility. Admitting, Lord, I can't walk right. So when you try to walk right, you are going back to works. You're going back to... You're going back to a religious understanding of your faith, which says you need to do everything. Amen? No. Like we heard in the beginning, you know, God is at work in me. Amen? So I, I, I am not working. I'm letting God work through me. Amen? To make me walk in paths of righteousness. Amen? 
So uh, walking right is, uh, we, it is unable. We are unable to walk right, but God will make us able. Yes. Now we know that uh, grace and truth has been realized through Jesus Christ. The law came through Moses, John chapter 1. And grace and truth were realized through Jesus Christ. Now, now we saw that two persons of God, two personality of Christ. One is the person of grace, the other one is the person of truth. And we believed in the person of truth, amen? And it was reckoned to us as righteousness, amen? Abraham believed God and it was reckoned to him as righteousness. So the righteousness didn't come by him doing anything, by him believing. And righteousness comes by us believing. And, and any time we go, give ourselves to believing what God is saying, we end up doing what we are believing. Why? Because righteousness will empower us to do what is right. Amen. Before we were taught that you need to do right so that you can be righteous. Amen. That's not the root. The root is you're already righteous. Amen. And we saw that from 2 Corinthians chapter 3, chapter 11 was in the chapter 11. It says, we, we go back there. It says that, uh, you know, he who knew no sin became sin on my behalf and your behalf that we might become his righteousness in Christ Jesus. So you are his righteousness. Say, I'm his righteousness. Because I believed in him. Amen. The moment you believed in him, God gave you his righteousness. Anything you believe God, righteousness shows up. Amen. And then I said, you are righteous not by your works, but by the blood. But by what he did. Amen. Because our Bible says our righteousness is like filthy rags. So I'm not righteous. I can't go, and go to God and say, Lord, see, I did this right, this right, this right. It's not accepted. Is it accepted? No. The only righteous position that is accepted by God in your life is because he made you righteous through his blood. Through the blood of his son, Jesus. Amen. So say, I'm righteous by the blood. So the third thing, he, you are righteous by his blood. Secondly, his righteousness is in you. Amen. Thirdly, you are clothed with, you are empowered with righteousness. Amen. To walk right. So everything God has already done so that it is not what we do. It is all what he has done that empowers us. Amen. And now we know that that empowering comes through grace. That empowering comes through grace. As we read in Romans chapter 5, you know, the, the last verse. And uh, grace will reign through righteousness to eternal life through Jesus Christ. Grace will reign in righteousness through eternal life in Christ Jesus. So grace is reigning. Amen. When? When, when righteousness is there, when you believe, when you, the moment you believe, grace kicks in. Grace is the ability of God, man, where you are not able, where I'm not able. I show you the, the picture of grace. What's the picture of grace? You know, Peter walking on the water and Peter walking on the water and then he loses his focus and he is drowning, man. And he says, Lord, help me. And here comes the hand of God, Amen. And lifts him up. That's grace. That's the picture of grace. The picture of grace is God's hand enabling you where you have failed. Where I have failed. Where we all have failed. Amen? And we have failed. And we know that in the old covenant, God gave them the law. And not one man could do the 
fulfill the law. So he had to send his son in the likeness of man. Because some, some man has to fulfill the law. So Jesus came and fulfilled the law. So Christ is the end of the law. Amen. To all who believe. Christ is the end of the law to all who believe. Am I saying anything outside of scripture? No, only word. We are speaking only word. Amen. Only word. So Christ is the end of the law. So God gave the law to Moses. Why? Because they said, we don't want to hear him. The children of Israel said, we can't hear him. It's too horrendous for us to hear his voice. Amen. So just, just you tell us what to do and we will. That's what they told Moses. So Moses went back to God and God, then God gave him the, okay, this is what I want them to do. And they couldn't fulfill, forget about, forget about two percent. They couldn't fulfill anything, anything of the Lord. They just failed miserably. That's who we are. We can't, we can't walk in God's standards by our own efforts and strength. That is, we will fail. And we know that we all have failed. Amen? That's why God sent His Son. God sent His Son and sent His salvation. Sent His righteousness. Sent His grace. And sent His Spirit. Amen? The spirit of grace and the spirit of righteousness, the spirit of God is in you and me. Amen? Now, we, act, we want to act smart. We, we can't go smart because none of us are smart enough to walk like how Jesus walked. Amen? But we become, we, we are empowered to become smart by the Holy Spirit. Amen? Our smartness is because we have the spirit of God and we depend on Him and not on ourselves. It's not, we are not depending on ourselves. Man, our, our, our dependency is not on us. It's on the one who is in us. Amen? And on his ability, on his righteousness. We depend on God's righteousness. We depend on God's grace to make us walk right. Amen? So that we are now not burdened. Amen? Like I said, we don't walk like constipated Christians. Because we are always, you know, kind of petrified whether we will do wrong. No. So our conscience is not, you know. So this, this is a prayer, you know. Uh, you know, we have prayed, you know, prayed a lot, a lot of prayers. You know, some of it is totally unscriptural, you know, just emotional prayers, you know. So we, see, now, now we, we can come to this place, Lord. Lord, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from all evil. Amen? Lead us not into? So what's the temptation? Temptation to do sin? No. Temptation to not believe in him. Not believe in what God is? So your biggest temptation is not somebody telling you don't believe what God is saying. What's the temptation Eve had in the Garden of Eden? Seeing the fruit? No. She has seen the fruit for donkey's years. She didn't have any, any desire for it. She didn't have any liking for it. She didn't want, any, want to taste it. She, had, she has no, no inclination. Amen? But when the devil, when Satan came and spoke to her, then she found that it was good to her eyes. It's, it's like a delight. She, she found that maybe it's good taste, good to taste. Then she said, okay, maybe I'll eat and, you know, I'll become more wiser than God. So where did all that come from? It all came from unbelief. Because she didn't believe what God said. She believed what the devil said. Amen? So the temptation is not doing something. It is not believing what God is saying. 
So we're getting into the roots. We're getting into the roots and getting things straightened up. You understand? So now we all, see, but in the book of James, the Bible says, you know, God doesn't tempt anyone. Amen? You are tempted when you go after your own desires and lust and lust after things. Amen? Now, what makes us to go after our own desires? Believing that. Believing that it is good. Our own understanding. So believing that it is good. I can do it. I can do you know, this. I can do that. I can do this. You know? It's all about, by the way, it's all about doing. So believing that you can do. But when I believe what God says, I'll end up doing what God wants me to do. And I don't have to struggle. Why? Because the moment I believe, righteousness will kick in. And righteousness will empower me. And grace will enable me. To go in the right way. That's why the Bible says it is unto freedom Christ has set us free. Not to walk like constipated Christians. Amen? Or thinking, oh, will I sin, will I sin, will I sin? No, you don't need to. You, you and I need to ask, you know, will I believe? Will I believe when I come to a situation, when I come to making a decision? Will I believe what God said? Or will I believe what the... Give us our day. What to believe? Give us our daily bread. Amen? So, so we, we start to understand things differently. Amen? This is a new covenant. What's a new covenant? Jeremiah 31, 31 onwards says, I will, I will make a new covenant with them. Amen? And I will, I will write my law on the tablet of their hearts. So before he says, uh, even though the fathers have eaten sour grapes, the children will not, the children's teeth will not be on the edge. Because you know what the fathers did, you know, you and I am not going to. Suffer. Yeah. What, what am I supposed to do with my father's sin, you know? How do, I, how do I know what he has done? No, I can't know. So, that's, so but the thing is, in the old covenant, if your father has sinned, you know, that curse will come upon you. So the new covenant says, if the fathers have eaten so grapes, the children's seat will not be on the edge. Jeremiah 31, okay? Now, and then he says... Uh, I'll make a new covenant with them and I'll write my law on the tablet of their heart. So the law is not on the book anymore. It's not the written law. It's the spirit writing on your heart. Amen? So it says in Romans chapter 2, it says that uh, you are not a Jew outwardly, but you are a Jew inwardly. Amen? Your circumcision is not, the, not of the flesh, but it is of the heart by the spirit. Means the spirit is circumcising your heart. Cleaning up your Heart by putting the word of God in your heart. Amen. So he, he, the spirit uses uh, the, the, the word. Amen. You know circumcision needs a knife. Amen. So the spirit to circumcise your heart needs the word. That's why you're listening to the word. It's, it's cutting things off which, which God doesn't need in his covenant from our heart. Not from our flesh. Amen. So we, we, are, we are this new covenant people. And then he says, I will remember their sins no more. That's what Jeremiah 30. I'll remember their sins no more. So don't go to God and ask him, do you remember that I did this? He said, no, I don't. Amen? See, some people have a picture of heaven and say, say no, there's a record of your sins in heaven. No, there's no record of sins in heaven. Amen? Heaven, heaven doesn't have sin. There's no record of sin. Amen. Why? Because Jesus went up and put his blood on 
even in the things in heaven. The things in heaven are cleansed by. Can you imagine? Am I speaking some book or the word? The word. Everything I'm speaking from the word. Amen? I'm just speaking as the Spirit is, you know, giving it to me. So it, this is what it is. This is, a, this is a life God has given us to live victorious. Amen? Uh, but do we have hardships? Yes. Do we have pain at times? Yes. Do, are we challenged? Yes. Amen? Do we have difficulties? Yes. Amen? But like, uh, like we heard in the song, amen, that we will overcome by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of our testimony. That word testimony in the book of Revelation is the word, uh, the root word is, uh, is uh, martyr. Martyr. Amen? Means our testimony, when we say by the word of our testimony, we say we are speaking the word of our testimony, which is of the martyrdom of Jesus. You got it? It always baffled me, and then I just started to look and study into that, and, I, and, the, and then it, it hit me, oh my goodness, it's not my testimony, it's what Jesus has done on the cross, I'm testifying. With my mouth, and I will overcome. In any situation, you will overcome because of the blood, amen? Because of what Jesus has. When you declare to that situation, listen, you can't overcome me because Jesus has died on the cross for this particular challenge that I'm facing, this difficulty I'm facing, this, this problem I'm facing, Jesus has died on the cross. Amen? You want to challenge me? You try challenging Jesus. Amen? Hallelujah. Amen. What a, what a God we serve. Amen? Man, this word is awesome. The word is amazing. I'm, tell, I'm telling you, it's just, it's just that as we are, as we are you know, moving into the season of end times, you know, don't ask me when Jesus is coming, I don't know. Anyway, you know, I know that this is, like, like I said, now see, when you read the book of Revelation, you know, if you read the book of Revelation, you know that he says, I'm coming quickly. Amen? Hold on to my word. I'm coming quickly. Hold on to my so what do you need to hold on? The word. I'm coming soon. Am I coming? Soon. By the way, by the way, let me ask you a question. This is just, just a thought. Okay? God's saying he's coming soon. Amen? And where is God? God is in heaven. God is in heaven. He says, where's Jesus? Jesus is sitting at the right hand of the Father in heaven. The Father decides and the Son will come. Amen? So now we know that that's the, that's the, that's the protocol. Now, now, Father and the Son are in heaven. Amen? Let me ask you a question. Is there any time in heaven? So God in heaven and His Son Jesus in heaven, He's speaking to us and saying that He's coming soon. Amen? So what's the time? Tell me. Now He's speaking outside of time. Why is He saying soon to us? <laughs> Have you ever thought why He's saying the God who's outside of time telling us that He's coming soon? Why is He saying that? And he's been saying that for the last 2,000 odd years. Why is he saying that? Because every generation he wants us to be ready for his coming. It's as simple as that, okay? Don't worry about Jesus coming. Amen? If you are ready, you know, we'll be fine. Amen? Say, I'm not the foolish virgin. <laughs> Why there's no conviction when you say that? Say, I'm not the foolish virgin. I'm not in that category, amen? I'm the wise virgin, amen? I have oil in my lamps, amen? It's, I'm just, my, I'm going to light it up, amen? And I'm just going to go with my bridegroom. Yes. Yes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. 
Glory be to God. Amen. What a God we serve. Are you excited? Don't get excited about my preaching. Get excited about Him. Amen. Because it's all that matters is Him. Amen. Where were we? Where did we finish? Six? We finished? Eight. 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 Oh, we are in eight. Okay. So Paul has brought us all the way to chapter eight. And it says, you know, now that, therefore there is no... But, but I, I, I want us to go back to seven, just quickly seven, okay? Because some things, you know, we might, uh, we'll read through, okay? One to seven, one to six. Seven, one to six, okay? Let's go. Or do you not know, brother, and for I'm speaking to those who know, who know the law, that the law was jurisdiction over a, the law has jurisdiction over a person as long he, as long as he lives. Okay. <laughs> Uh, do you not know, brethren, for I'm speaking to, in brackets, I'm speaking to those who know the law, that the law has jurisdiction over a person as long as he lives. How many of you believe it? Even, even in this world, the law has jurisdiction only when you are alive. Nobody can take the dead body to jail. You understand? If you do wrong. <laughs> so if the guy is dead, you can't punish him. You can't take him to jail. You can't beat him. You can't behead him. You can't do anything. Can you do anything? No. So the law has jurisdiction only as long as the person lives. Is that simple? Yeah, sometimes we read the Bible, we don't understand what it's saying. Right? It's simple. For the married woman is bound by the law to her husband while he is living. Amen? But if the husband dies, he's released from the law concerning the husband. A lot of people use the scripture for marriage. You know, go ahead, use it. I don't care. This is talking about something else. What's talking about? Something else. Amen? But, you know, it applies to marriage also. So don't, don't quote me. Don't just, you know, put me on Facebook and all that. I said this is not about marriage. Don't. Don't do that. Amen. I'm trying to get you to understand what Paul's saying here. Amen. Paul's saying about the law. Amen. But Paul say, talking said that, that the old covenant people were married to the law. Were married to the law. But if the law is done away, you are no more under law. That's what he's trying to say here, okay? So he's, he's using the example of marriage. He's using the example of law. He says, married woman is bound by a law to her husband while he's living. But her, if her husband dies, she's released from the law concerning the husband. You got it? Are you getting it? So then, if while her husband is living, she's joined to another man, she's called, she shall be called an adulteress. But if her husband dies, she's free from the law. So that she's not an... Adulteress, though she's joined to the, another man. Okay. You understand? So this, 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 look at it in the context of what we are learning. Right. You know, uh, that if you are under the law, if you stand under the law, you can't go under the new covenant. That's right. Then you, you adulterate. That's right. When you are married to somebody, if you go and have, you know, Immoral relation to somebody else, then you are committing adultery. It's the same like that when you are under the law. You know, if you're going to go and stand under the another covenant, then you you are actually adulterated. So the, the, the first one need to die, or first one need to taken away so that you can actually get married to the new one. You okay? Yes. Huh? So many times we read this and we think it's talking about marriage. 
Yes, in a sense, it's talking about marriage, but it's, it's talking about this, this truth which Paul's trying to speak from Romans 1. Romans is a theology of the new covenant, amen? So therefore, so, say, so then, if the, okay, therefore, if my brethren, you were, all, were made to die to the law. You were made to die to the law, amen? Through the body of Christ. When Christ died, I died with him, amen? My sins were nailed onto the cross. I died with him. Amen? So I'm no more under the law. Amen? Died through the law of body of Christ so that you might be joined to another. So I'm now I'm joined to another. To him who was raised from the dead. Now I'm joined to the one who is raised from the dead. With Christ I died to the law. And I'm risen to be married to Christ Jesus, yeah, yeah, raised from the dead in order that we might bear the fruit of, fruit for God, amen, for while we were in the flesh, the sinful passions which were aroused by the law were at work in the members of our body, remember members, members, now it's members of our body, we said we are presenting the members of our being as instruments unto righteousness, to come under these, to stand under the influence of righteousness, like a druggie standing under the influence of drugs, amen. For while we are in the flesh, but now we have been released from the law, having died to that by which we were bound. Amen? We died to that which we were bound. When the old covenant was, was there and there was no new covenant, Jesus didn't come, he didn't die, he didn't, uh, he didn't rise again, and all that, everybody was under the old covenant. Amen? We know that this, this, the law came so that sin will be imputed. Sin will be accounted. Amen? Like I said, if, if you are traveling on the road, there's no sign how much speed you should keep. Amen? You can go at whatever speed you want. Nobody's going to find you or charge you. Or, amen? As long as you know how to drive. At that speed without killing anybody. But, now there's law. Now law came. Speed limit, 70, 50, 40. So, then you have to abide by the if you break the law, then you have violated. Right. You, you will be under punishment. Yeah. That's what the law did. Yeah. Even the Mosaic law did. Yeah. Till then, there was no law because the sin was not accounted. So when God gave the law, right. sin became sin. Amen? Yeah. Otherwise, we could have all driven in Autobahn in Germany or somewhere, you know, where there's no speed limit. Amen? You drive at your own risk. <laughs> Amen. So, 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 so. Okay. Now, now let's go to... Uh, uh, now, so, verse 6. Sorry. Let's go to verse 5, verse 7. Chapter 7, verse 5. For while we were in the flesh, the sinful passions which were aroused by the law were at work in the members of our body to bear fruit to death. That's why he, Paul says, you present the members of your body as instruments unto righteousness so that the flesh will not... You will not listen to the flesh. Who will listen to? You will listen to the spirit. Amen? Either you give your members as instruments unto righteousness to Christ, or you present yourself as slaves to sin. So we ain't going to present anything to sin. Amen? We choose to believe. Amen? We choose righteousness to reign in our lives. Everything makes sense? Huh? Remember, it's not you trying to live right. 
it is you believing God and you'll end up living what you're believing. You'll end up living what you're believing. You either believe in wrong and end up doing wrong. You believe right and you end up doing right. You need to understand, everything we do is based on our believing. Amen? So if we can get our believing right, we can get our thinking right. Then we can get our actions right. Is that simple? Ah. <laughs> then you can say easily said than done. No, you don't need to do it. When you start believing, you'll see righteousness empowering you through grace. Enabling you by grace. So it's not my strength, it is His strength working in me. Amen? Even as we heard the song, just lifting unto God in every situation. What's this prayer? Prayer is communing. Communing. Amen? You, you touching base with God. Prayer is you touching base with God and God touching base with you. Amen? Hallelujah. We're just having a great time of fellowship. Amen? God speaking to me, I'm speaking to Him. Amen? Like I said before, prayer is not a supermarket list with which you go to God. I need this, 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 this. Okay, see you, bye. <laughs> see, uh, uh, the basis of everything is prayer. Man. My prayer is fellowship. Fellowship. The, the Greek word is koinonia. No? No, when? Yeah, so uh, it's a word that the two become, you know, come into close relationship. Man. That's where, that's where we can believe him. We are talking about believing, no? How can you believe somebody if you don't know him? I, I believe that Rima Mama can sing. Because I've known her for donkey's years. I know he can sing. Now whoever tells me that she's cacophonics, I will not believe. <laughs> you know cacophonics, you know? <laughs> so, see, you can't change my faith. Why? My believing is not based on because somebody said. My believing is based on knowing. Knowing her for years. Man? And seeing her perform. Man? Your believing is knowing God through the years and seeing Him perform in your life. So you don't want to believe another one. You're not giving your heart to believe in some, some goon. You understand? I'm not believing, I'm not giving my heart to believe in what the media is saying. Right. What others are saying. Right. Okay. At some times, you know, I'm not giving myself to believe in what I'm feeling. I'm feeling. And what, if the, what, what the doctor is saying, the doctor is saying what he is seeing. Amen? Right. He's saying, hey, listen, there's doctors here. He's saying, okay, this is what we see. You know, you are in very critical condition. Amen? Hallelujah. You will not live. You know, your lung has failed. You need oxygen. Thank you, doctor, because, you know, you are saying the truth as far as you can see. Amen. I'm believing the one who is truth. I'm not believing in the truth. I'm believing in the one who is truth that can change this reality, the truth of the reality into a miracle. Amen. So I can stand and declare his mighty works. Amen. Even from this pulpit. So that's why I'm standing. So sometimes we need to say, Lord, I believe. So my believing comes from knowing. Say knowing. knowing. My knowing coming from fellowshipping. Amen? 
She used to come to Tirela. She used to come to Tirela over and over and over and over. And we used to sit, eat, talk, talk, you know, uh, practice, you know. And I know. How do I know? If I have no connection with her, I'm just taking you as an example. How do I know? If I don't have any, any connection with her, can I know? So a lot of people want to see God do miracles, and they don't have any? No, when, 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 when the doctor's report comes, this is going bad, that's going bad, then, then you want to connect with God. No, connect with God before that. You know? See, like, like I said, see, I, I'm, I'm not boasting, I just, but I want to boast in the Lord a little bit, like Paul says. You know? <laughs> don't think that, you know, it's great faith. Yes, we, have, we all have, you all have faith. We all have faith. Don't, don't, don't doubt that, you know. It's how much we, we are activating that faith by believing. God has given each one of us a measure of faith. You know what that measure of faith is? It's the same measure Jesus had. The full measure Jesus had is given to you and me. Okay, don't, don't let somebody deceive you and tell you, okay, you don't have faith, you know. You have the faith of the Son of God. That's what the Bible says. That's what the Bible says. We are not saying anything that the Bible doesn't say, amen. So we have the faith of Christ, man. Now, 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 I must choose to believe for this faith to get activated. For, for me to see the power. Power at work, I need to give myself over to believing. Man. Now, how can I believe? Again, we come back. How can I believe if I don't know, him, know the person? How can I know the person if I'm not having any fellowship with the person? So the grassroots of Christian faith is our fellowship with God. Now you say, you know, I have a job to do. How can I, you know, morning till evening keep praying? No. You just talk to God while you're walking, while you are in the office, while you are having bath. Talk to God. Talk to God. Just talk to God. Amen. You know, I, I flew from, I flew from Cal Toronto to Calgary in, uh, what's that? Uh, Dreamliner. Boeing Dreamliner. You know, Boeing Dreamliner is a new concept. Anybody interested in planes? I'm interested in machines, planes, and all that. I don't have very great knowledge, but some things I like, you know. So the Boeing Dreamliner is made of uh, carbon fiber composite. The body's made of And if you sit in that plane, it'll be, it'll be uh, silent than many other planes. You'll be amazed. And I sat in it, and I said, oh, my God. All the other planes, you can hear, oh, you know. Maybe some of them very loud. Many people applying the triple sevens from US to India, you know, you get used to the sound, you know. But in the Dreamliner, it's 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 brought down so down, you know. And it's it's amazing. It's it's so such an amazing aircraft. And I sat in there, I said, Thank you, Lord, for such wisdom that you gave man. Amen. Yes. And I rejoice in your wisdom. Amen. And then you know it doesn't have blinds. Doesn't it? So, uh, you know, you, you just, just think and uh, it'll go dark. The window will go dark. <laughs> oh, all that, just like a kid, you know, you go in. <laughs> and I'm speaking to my wife, she has two hoods, you know. <laughs> what, dreamliner? She's in another dream world, you know. <laughs> I said, it's okay, it's okay. And I'm trying to explain to her, this is made of this. I think maybe that made us scared, you know. This is not aluminum? I said, no. <laughs> this is carbon fiber. <laughs> oh, 
See, 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 you can talk to God about anything. Huh? Why don't you talk to God about cars, you know, anything that you want to do, anything, talk to God about the dress you want to buy. Go with shopping with Him, amen? Hallelujah. I walk into Westside and see, Lord, tell me, Lord, what is the best thing? You know, tell me, help me, help me to choose. So God gets involved in everything. Gets involved in your toothpaste and toothbrush. How about that? Amen? I might go a little further, but I don't want to. <laughs> your God can get involved in everything. Amen? See, I'm just saying, you know, what you're singing, you know, in everything, everything, you know. He can, he can do everything when the song says, you know. So this is, this is the base, the foundation, man, of everything that we believe. It comes from there. Hallelujah. And we will not, we will not uh, miss out on God at any time. Man? Sometimes I go, I, I do a lot of DIY, you know, do yourself, man. Do it yourself, DIY, yeah. Do it yourself at home. And I um, go and buy, want to buy some maybe screws or things like that. I don't, I don't, I'm not into carpentry, I'm not into fabrication, so I don't know what to buy. But I stand there, you know, in in US you have this big store called Home Depot or Lowe's which sends which buy like a hardware store. But the hardware store there is big, you know, so it's like you go into the aisle, there's one whole aisle full of screws. All kinds of screws. <laughs> so I stand there and I say, Lord, I really don't know which screw to buy. <laughs> so we get out of the house, we forget about God when we go to buy screws. Don't do that. So fellowship, fellowship is this, amen? Just, just always remembering that he's there with you. He's Emmanuel, he's there with you. And you, you know, uh, anything you want to buy, anything. See, also, also plan with God. Okay, you, you're going to buy a new car, plan with God. Plan with? Ask the Lord, Lord, which car should I buy? What's a good engine? What's a good make? What's a good, you know? car you want me to buy, man? That will serve me a long time without causing headache. And he will show you. God knows the best transmission. God knows the best engine. God knows the best combination. Amen? And he will give you wisdom. I was reading Proverbs 2. You mu we must all study Proverbs 2. Wisdom is primary. Wisdom is primary. Okay. Yeah, listen, listen to me. Every time we pray, every time we pray, okay? I would say 95% of the time, God will give us wisdom. Okay? Maybe 5% of the time, He will intervene and do a miracle. 95% of the time, He will steer us through wisdom and get us out of every problem. Man? So now we are praying and we are saying, Oh, I, I prayed, Pastor, I'm not hearing any, I'm not getting any answers. So when you pray, what do you want to receive? Wisdom. Wisdom. Lord, I don't know how to do this. Like I said, DIY things, do it yourself, things at home, I don't know how to do. I say, Lord, I need wisdom. I need 
wisdom. And God, God's wisdom will show up. Man? I, I say two things. I say, Lord, I need wisdom. And I, next thing I say is I receive it. Faith. I step into faith. Not just asking, but also receiving. When the Bible asks, when, when, when Jesus said, ask and you shall receive. Amen? He didn't ask us to ask for healing. Because healing also already given. He didn't ask us to give joy. No, joy is already given. He didn't ask us to give us peace. Peace is already given. He didn't ask us to give me salvation. Salvation is already given. Amen? He said, ask for wisdom. Without the word. Because Christ is wisdom. When you ask wisdom, Christ shows up. Amen? If you don't ask wisdom, He's not going to show up. Then we'll be operating in our wisdom. Yeah, making mistakes. Uh, women, you know, I don't know if women cook nowadays. But if you cook, by any chance. <laughs> I'm just kidding, I know. Anyway, I don't think men are cooking. <laughs> At least, you know, women will cook. When you get into the kitchen to cut something, ask God wisdom. Don't cut your hands. <laughs> I'm telling you. Yeah, I cut so many things and I've cut my hand so many times. Till one day revelation hit me, I need to ask God. Lord, help me, give me wisdom, protect me while I'm cutting. I don't know if you cut onions and vegetables. I do at home. If you don't do it here, come to America. You will learn to do. <laughs> here we have Merikuti to do it. America, no Merikuti. <laughs> Only Joy Kuti. And Elsa Kuti. <laughs> I think we'll become better people in helping our wives. Eh? <laughs> I know a lot of the people here just come to the dining table. And don't the wall. Get into the kitchen. Fellowship with your wife. <laughs> Why everybody is quiet? Especially all the men. The women are laughing. Man, it's a time of fellowship. Amen? You can chit-chat while you are cutting. My wife doesn't like cut onions. She doesn't like to cry. She wants me to cry. So, but then sometimes I put the ball in her coat. I said, I'll cut beans, you cut onions. I'll cut carrots. I'll stay not crying. But, you know, get, get serious with God. Man, get wisdom. Get wisdom with regard to everything. You want to do business? Get wisdom first. Man, get counsel. Get understanding. Man, don't go into anything without understanding. I'm telling you, a lot of, lot of believers do things without understanding. Ah, Pastor, I didn't understand because you didn't receive understanding from God. You didn't receive wisdom from God. You didn't receive knowledge from God. All three are primary. Amen? You need to receive discretion or discernment from God to go which direction. Amen? These things are basic things that we must have. We must operate on these things. And I can tell you, I can guarantee you from my life that any time I have done anything outside of it, it has messed up. Or it has given me some trouble, then I have to go back to God and get it right. So it is better 
See, it is better always to get start with God, amen? Involve God, get God involved, get the fellowship in, amen? Get interacting with Him and then you will see. Yeah, now you do a lot of, I can run conduits, I can learn all kinds of things and, and people ask me, how do you learn? I said, uh, I learned it from the Lord. Some things I learned from my mistakes also. <laughs> when I didn't trust God. So, uh, so uh, let's come back to the scripture. Good. Uh, for while we were in the flesh, Romans chapter 7, verse 6. Let's go to 6. But now, say now, we have been released from the law. We've been released from the law, having died to that by which we were bound. Why? Because we died to the law. We were bound to the law and we died to the law. Now, law has no jurisdiction over a dead man. <laughs> Glory. Awesome, no? So we died to the law. Amen? So the law has, which we, to which we were bound, so that we serve in the newness of the... So now, now, we are, now we are married to the Spirit. Amen? Yeah. The law has no power over you. So don't get, go back to the old covenant and dig into the law and think what you need to do with regard to the law. You can do nothing with regard to the law. I promise you. Man. So we don't serve. So our, our service unto God is not in the oldness of the letter, but in the newness of the spirit and not in the oldness of the letter. So from there we came into Romans chapter 8 and now there is no condemnation for those who are in crisis. Now Paul personally talks to us from, a, from the rest of Romans chapter 7, his struggles like, you know, there's a law of law working in his flesh members against the law of the spirit. Then he says, how can I conquer the law of the flesh? He says, thanks be to God through Christ. Amen? Through Christ. So, there is a law in the flesh. In your body, in your physical, in your carnal being, there's a law working. Amen? Which is of sin. Which is of? It wants, it has, a, it has, to, it has that ability to lust after sin. Amen? And commit sin. That ability is there. For, but now, we are not operating in that law. We are operating in the law of the Spirit. Which has set us free from the law of sin and that, that's what Paul says in Romans chapter 8. Amen? And brings us into that place that uh, we have not received a spirit of fear. Leading to slavery. Spirit of fear leading to? Every time you are in fear, you are in slavery. Amen? What's the fear? The fear is of whether you will do wrong. The fear is if you do wrong, you will end up dying. Fear is about sin, and sin causes you to, sin produces, that sin reigns, death reigns in sin. Death reigns in sin. So that's a fear. Now if you check every fear, the, at the bottom of it is, you fear you will die. Because sin always will reign in death, and righteousness will always reign in life. Unto eternal life. You see? Amen? So, uh, getting up in the morning and pray, Lord, help me not to sin today. No, help me to walk in righteousness today. Change your prayer. We are not talking about sin. We are not thinking about sin. 
We only think about walking right. Amen? You're not saying, Lord, help me, help me, Lord, not to fall into all the ditches. No. Help me to walk in a way that I will not be addressing any ditches. Amen? I'm not thinking about falling. I'm thinking about walking. Amen? Oh, by the way, you know, the righteous will fall seven times. Forget about that. Why are you talking about falling? Amen? Hallelujah. We are not falling about, we are not thinking about falling, we are talking about, talking about rising, amen? The church is rising. Amen. The church is walking in victory. Church is victorious, amen? Now we, 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 we all say these statements, but these things has to become our faith. These things, I'm going to walk in victory. I believe I'll walk in victory. When you believe I'll walk in victory, righteousness shows up to make you walk in Victory. Grace shows up to make you walk in victory. Who knows whether this will work right, work. <laughs> Never make such statements. If you have those kind of statements, quit. I sometimes, I sometimes say such things and my wife will correct me. Why you said that? I said, Lord. <laughs> I receive mercy, I receive forgiveness. I said something stupid. No, we, who knows? Why we say who knows? Because we are not trusting in the one who knows all things. That's why we say, who knows? The devil will say, I know. You can eat from the tree. Nothing will happen. Go ahead. So if you are in that place, who knows? The devil will speak to you. If you are in the place, Lord, I trust you know. Amen. I believe you can tell me. I believe you will direct me. After you pray all that, then you come and make your decision. No. You wait for his decision. You wait. Man? Waiting is good. Say waiting is good. We know that impatience produces his smiles, you know? So we don't want his smiles in our life. Amen? We already have enough trouble with his smiles. So we don't want them. Yeah. But in the last days, his smiles will come, amen? If you study Isaiah 60, you know that your smiles will come, amen? The sons of Midian will come. And, and come with the, the camels of Midian will come, you know, to the sons of Isaac, the sons of promise, amen, to help. And that's also happening. That's also happening. I'm telling you, there's a lot of things happening. <laughs> I can't disclose a lot of things. I know a lot of things personally, first hand. What is happening with the sons of Ishmael? Yes. Yeah. God loves everybody, you understand? God loves them. God loves them. Amen? God loves the sons of Ishmael. Yes. Because God loves Abraham. Hmm? Amen. So, so, see, we have come to this place. We are... No more under fear, but we, why? Because we are children. We are children of God. Amen? We are also heirs. Heirs unto God. Heirs of, co-heirs with Jesus Christ. Can you imagine co-heirs? All that Jesus has in heaven, I also have. How can you say that? Because the Bible says that. I'm co-heirs with him. 
Man, all pastors don't preach like that. Then you need to get your transformed by the renewing of your mind. Okay, let's let's go to um, let's go to Isaiah chapter sixty. Let me see, let me see, let me see. We can read Isaiah 61. You know, I want to read also Isaiah 32. Let's go to Isaiah 32. 32. Isaiah 32 chapter, sorry, 32 was uh, 15 onwards, okay? Uh, it, I'll give you a background of the Isaiah... 32, you know, the Lord is speaking to, speaking to the children of Israel and uh, they wandered away from God, you know, and uh, everything has become barren and, you know, desolate. It's that situation. And then he speaks in verse 15 of 32, he says, until the spirit is poured out upon us from on high. Amen? Until... So everything becomes desolate, you know, barren. Everything becomes, you know, wasted away. Until the Spirit is poured upon us from on high and the wilderness becomes fertile. Then everything changes. When the Spirit comes, everything changes. The fertile field considered as a forest. And then justice will dwell in the wilderness and righteousness will abide in the fertile field. And the work of righteousness will be? So what does work of righteousness do? It works peace. Peace. Then the second one, and the service of righteousness, quietness, and confidence. Forever. Not for a little season, you know, I had quietness and confidence, and I had peace. No. You have peace, quietness, and confidence, continuous. Why? Righteousness is ministering to you. Righteousness is serving you. Man. We don't realize these scriptures are in the, in the Bible, no? So the work of righteousness. So God is at work. So what's at work? Righteousness is at work. If God is at work, righteousness is at work. Grace is at work. Amen? Producing peace. And it's serving you and me. Ministering to you and me. What? Giving us assurance. Confidence. Amen? Rest. Quietness. You understand? When we, when we operate in believing, when you operate in righteousness and grace, you are resting. You're quietened. You're quietened. Why? Because God will do everything. Amen? And you're confident. Your confidence forever. You are assured forever. Amen? Then my people, we, we quote the scripture, some of us will quote it. Then my people will live in peaceful. So you will live in peaceful habitations when you let righteousness reign. Not before that. <laughs> Amen? Then my people live in peaceful habitation and secure dwelling places and in undisturbed resting places. See, you come to a place you are undisturbed. Amen? If you ask me, uh, do, do I have anything that troubles me? Yes, I had. I have been dealing with things which I'm trying to, trying to trouble me. And I said, no. <laughs> I said, no, you can't trouble me. Amen? God's my father, amen? I'm his child, yes. and I have what he said I have. Right. What he says I have from the word, amen? I do not lack, amen? I'm not troubled. You trouble, get out of my way, amen? amen. I'm believing. I'm, 
Unbelieving and righteousness is bringing me into the place of peace. It is working peace in me. Amen. And it's ministering, hallelujah, quietness and confidence to me. Amen. I will I'll dwell in, I will dwell in secure, undisturbed resting places. Amen. Hallelujah. I'll dwell in secure, undisturbed dwelling places. Amen. Peaceful habitation. Say peaceful habitation. What a scripture, man. What a scripture, my God. You can live with that all your life. Man, if you got what we have been teaching all these days, you can live in the scripture, man. Now, now, now let's read Isaiah 61 also. 61 verse 10 and 11, okay? Isaiah 61. Isaiah 61 is some ministry theme, verse 61, 1 to 4. So I will rejoice greatly, verse 10, I will rejoice greatly in the Lord. My soul will exalt in my God. For he has clothed me with the garment of, garments of salvation. He has wrapped me with a robe of? Your clothes. See, I'm clothed. With a robe of? I just empowered with the robe. As a bridegroom decks himself with a garland, and as a bride adorns herself with jewels, herself with her jewels, for the earth brings forth its sprouts, and the gardens causes the things sown to spring up. So, four things he said. Well, four things he said. One is bridegroom decks herself, himself with a garland. Secondly, as a bride adorns herself with her jewels. Thirdly, the earth brings forth its sprouts. Fourthly, as a garden causes things sown in, in it to spring up. So, say so. so. The Lord will cause righteousness and praise to spring up before all the nations in these days. Amen? You see, four, four things he said. And he said, that's how righteousness is going to spring forth in your life. As you said, what a, what, a, what a word, my God. What a word. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God for His Word. Amen. Okay, let's, let's go, turn to Romans 10. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you. This is absolute truth. This is a word, okay? And this is, this is true, okay? And that is, I, I've been talking to Pastor, Pastor Deliver. I said, I said, you never go broke giving. You never go broke giving. Make sure you're giving cheerfully. Oh, don't give, please. Please don't give like that. Go to and ask God. Amen? Hallelujah. And just give, give cheerfully, give generously. Amen? People ask me, how do I live? How do we live as a family? I said, we live by giving. We live by giving. You can live by giving, I promise you. Okay? Hallelujah. You're seeing this guy standing in front of you, you know, stepped into ministry, didn't have a soap to have bath. Okay? I know that you know that I had soap this morning to have bath. From there, not only just not having soap to have bath, you know, from there to giving soap, clothes, food, houses, vehicles, Everything. Amen? But I believed in giving, even when I didn't have. 
let me let me give you a secret about giving. Don't 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 ever don't ever think that you can give once you get everything. Start giving when you don't have, man. And you will see you will see where God will take you, man. Hallelujah. Yeah. Be a cheerful giver. Man. Proverbs chapter 3. Don't, don't go there. Don't go there. Proverbs chapter 3. Uh, I believe it's verse 27. Says. Do not withhold good from those to whom it is due. When it is in your power to do it. If you can give five bucks to one guy. And you have the power to give five bucks. Give. Oh, but I have only five. The widow had only two mites. It's okay. Amen? The rest God will take care. Man, hallelujah. Yes, yes. You, give, you, you live in the abundance of heaven. Man, remember, people are not your source. Your company is not your source. Your job is not your source. Jesus is your source. Amen? Amen? Everything else is a resource. Amen? Your company will not flourish. None of your things will flourish unless and until God makes it flourish. Amen? So, they are only resourcing to you. God is the source. Inexhaustible, unlimited source. Father of lights. Oh, oh, uh, this is my day. Let me speak. Father of light with whom, with whom there is no variation or shifting shadows. Okay? Now watch this. So, you know, I, I heard Reina Bonge. Have you heard, heard him speak on this? Oh, my God. You need to get this revelation. This is... I heard him speak, I stood, so I, I sit in my room, I, I listen, I stood up and, and, and I did this, I did that, sometimes I go and you know, uh, and, and I'll, I'll be in the church, then I'll run, I'll run from one end of the church to the other end, because I can't contain it, so uh, listen, so, so I, I, I heard Reina Bonge speak on, you know, late Reina Bonge, you know, awesome man of God. Yes. Hallelujah, yeah. man. Oh my God. So, so uh, <laughs> I heard him speak and he said, he, he, he's giving a revelation about James chapter 1 verse 8, no? Yeah. Uh, Every good and perfect gifts from the Father of lights, lights, with whom there is no variation or shifting shadows. So he says, you know, in the old days, they put a stick, they put a stick like that, amen? And uh, they look at the shadow of the sun where it is going, amen? And uh, so it, it, it shifts and, and time is moving, amen? And as the time moves, the shadow moves, amen? Moves. But at one point, you know, when the sun is right on the top, there is no shadow. Amen? Hallelujah. And he says, you are under that light. 
there is no shadow. There is nothing shifting. Everything else is shifting. Amen? Hallelujah. He says his faithfulness is not shifting. His goodness over you is not shifting. His blessings are not shifting. It stays there. Amen? And it constantly administers to you. You tell me, how can I not run? Oh my God. <laughs> what a revelation. Amen? Awesome. Okay, Romans chapter 10. Uh, let's read... Uh, Verse 1 onwards. Are you there? Romans chapter 10, verse 1 onwards. Brother, in my heart's desire and my prayer to God for them. This he's talking about? The Jewish people, okay? The people of the old covenant. And uh, it says, so we, 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 we read uh, Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 9, Paul speaks about his burden to the Jewish people. He says about they were the actual tree, actual olive. Amen? We were? grafted. Amen? And he says now if original branches were cut off so that we could be grafted he says God will restore them. Amen? Hallelujah. So uh, we know that God will restore Amen? Uh, the Jewish people. He will you know. And now, now it says he, he comes to us chapter 10 and says brother my heart's desire and prayer to God for them. His brethren is for their salvation. Amen? For I testify about them, they have a zeal for God, but not in accordance with knowledge. That's, that was a problem with many of us when we started. I had very zeal for God, but no knowledge. You know, do stupid things, you know. Anger is zealous. Zealous for God. Don't, don't know what God is. Don't know what God means. Don't know what God is saying. Nothing. But just go out and do something for God. <laughs> and end up doing a lot of Stupid things. <laughs> but you know, you need to start somewhere. You start there also, God will. That's why we're standing here now, you see. <laughs> and some people don't want to start. They're afraid they'll make mistakes. Don't be afraid to make mistakes. Amen? I'm not saying you should make mistakes, but don't be afraid. Amen? Peter would have never, never thought that he, he can walk on water. Would have never experienced that he would walk on water unless and until... He stepped out, decided to, you know, go in the direction which God was asking him to do. Man, then some mistake happened. That's okay. You can have some mistakes on the way, even after you heard from God. Man, lose some focus, you know, get distracted and, you know, and get drowned and ask God for help and he'll pick you up and again make you. By the way, Jesus picked up. Uh, uh, Peter and they both walked back to the on the same water they both walked back to the boat and as soon as they entered the boat everything stopped amen hallelujah amen sometimes you want the storms to finish before no sometimes the Lord make you walk through the storm amen and you get to the boat then the storm will finish <laughs> Hallelujah, we won't, we won't go there. So it says, for not knowing about God's righteousness. So what they didn't know? What did the old covenant people didn't know? What did the Jewish people didn't know? They didn't know about God's righteousness. So what they did? They tried to establish by their own works. 
You see the problem? That's a problem with the church even now. Many people are trying to establish their own righteousness by their own doings. That's because they did not know. And we are not people who don't know. They're not people who are walking in zeal without any knowledge of his righteousness that is operating in our life as we stand believing in him. Right? For Christ is the end of the law. For? Christ. See, Christ is the end of the law. For what? Christ. Ah, Christ is the end of the law? For a new covenant? No, for righteousness. Christ is the end of the law for? Righteousness to you and me. Amen. Hallelujah. And to everyone who? Believes. The moment you step into believing, law ended. Law ended. Christ who's the end of the law? Law ends. Christ appears and law ends. For Moses writes that the man who practices a righteousness which is based on the law shall live by that righteousness. Live by? <laughs> Say that righteousness. That righteousness is by works. Amen? It's not pleasing to God. What pleases God? Faith. How come faith comes? By believing, hearing. What do you do when you hear? Believe. And you stand believing. Amen? And let righteousness manifest. And lead you in path of righteousness. And you see faith operating. Amen? Hallelujah. Oh, brother, we have faith. Did you hear? Did you hear about your situation? If you ask me about faith, I want to ask you, what did God speak to you? Ask everybody. Ask yourself. Ask myself. Okay, I have faith. Did I hear from God? If... I, if Faith is based on what I'm hearing from God and what I'm believing based on what I have heard from God. Is everything clear? Everything is nice and clear. No? The world is like water and you know, it's crystal clear. It's not, not muddy, it's not mushy, it's not like, okay, I looked into the word and I don't know what, what I'm seeing. No, you'll clearly see. From top to bottom, you'll clearly see. Man, that's the word. But righteousness based on faith. Righteousness based on? Faith. Not on works. Based on faith. Speaks as follows. Do not say in your heart. Who will? Ascend to heaven. Because Christ has already ascended and he's in heaven. Amen? Or who will descend into? Abyss. Because he has already went and made a public display of all the idiots there. Yeah. Don't expect me to call Satan nice words. No, you won't hear it from me. Maybe you can call another preacher. No. I'll still call him an idiot, you know. He's an idiot. Yeah. I don't follow suit with him and become another idiot. No. I choose to follow God and become wise. Amen? Yeah. Hallelujah. But what does it say? The word is near you. The word is? Near you. Near you. Verse 8. And it is in your mouth, mouth and in your mouth. heart. That is the word of faith. Which... We are preaching. Amen. Hallelujah. And what does it do? If you confess with your mouth, the famous verse. Amen. Jesus is Lord, as Lord and believe in your heart. God raised him from the dead. You will be saved. Amen. So it's a heart action and a mouth action. Amen. So what you believe is what you speak. You believe one thing and speak another thing. I believe God's going to heal me. 
I believe. I believe God's going to hit me, but uh, I don't know, you know, if I can survive. You, 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 you're contradicting yourself. Man, that means your heart and your mouth are not in the same place. Your heart is in one place and your mouth is in another place. No, your heart and mouth should be in the same place, in the Word. Both should be in the Word. Both should be, you should be believing what you are speaking. You should be speaking what you are believing. You should be speaking what you are believing, believing and believe what you are speaking. Both, both are same. Amen. Hallelujah. For with the heart a person believes, resulting in salvation or righteousness? Resulting in righteousness. With the heart a person believes. And what happens? Righteousness happens. Nobody told us, you know, when you believe, righteousness is happening. He said, you'll be saved. Yes, salvation is happening, but first thing is, righteousness comes in, God comes into the picture, His Spirit comes into this picture, and salvation. Amen? With a heart, a person believes, and what happens? Righteousness. Resulting in the, 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 the result of believing is righteousness showing up. Amen? And with the mouth, we confess, resulting in salvation. salvation. So what came first? <laughs> tricky question. Huh? It's not tricky. It's very, very plainly put. What came first? Righteousness came first. Then came salvation. I believed, righteousness showed up, then I confessed, and salvation came. So believing brought you into the platform of righteousness. Amen? And confessing brought salvation into that platform. Because God can't bring anything into any other platform. God has to make you first righteous. Then only He can do anything. Then only any, you, you and I can receive anything that is of heaven. Amen? Hallelujah. See, even in the natural, just in the natural, just, just, just think. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say, say this to give you a picture, okay? See, if this uh, floor is full of mud, if this floor is full of mud, does anybody want to come and sit here? No. What will we'll tell Pastor Dilip? Pastor, let's clean this floor and then we can put the chairs and sit. How, how can we think like that? How can we think like that? Because we have His nature in us. Amen? Unless and until you, need, you want to sit in that uh, mud and dirt and muck, you know, you need deliverance from an unclean spirit. No, that's the truth. Amen? Unhygienic un uncleanness is not from God. It's demonic. Because I've cast out demons of those such people. Amen? And when they come near you, they stink. Because they don't have bath, they don't do anything, you know. They are unclean spirit. But see, just imagine, in the natural, we don't want to put chairs where while it is mud and, you know, all kinds of dirt here. The first thing we want to do is clean it up. That's what the first thing God wants to do. Clean you up. Put righteousness in you. 
then bring salvation. Not bring, keep you in sin and unrighteousness and then, then try to save you. No. God doesn't do taladirinya parivadi. God does things, things meticulously, properly. Man, he puts righteousness in and then brings salvation into that righteousness. Into that righteous person. Amen? How many times have you read the scripture? How many times? I've read it umpteen times. I've quoted it so many times. Amen? But now, we understand Paul speaking about righteousness from beginning till end. And salvation comes in it. See, we are in which chapter now? On 10th chapter, he's talking about salvation. Why he didn't speak about salvation in the first chapter? You see? You see, you see the key is believing and righteousness. Everything else follows suit. Man, for the scripture says, verse 11, whoever believes in him will not be disappointed. Amen. Okay, let's, let's, let's go quickly to 2 Corinthians 3 and, uh, and we will wind up with two more scriptures, okay? Is that okay? Yes. Even if it's okay. <laughs> what to do? I'm preaching. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> but this will do good, yes. amen? Yes. Nobody who sits under the word, amen? Everybody who sits under the word is going to be blessed. Amen? Yes. Hallelujah. Amen? Mary sat under the word, you know, right. while Jesus was speaking. And, and then she saw a miracle. Her, right, her brother came back to life. Amen. So you will sit under the word. Maybe you don't, you don't know what's going to happen to you. Amen? Hallelujah. You, will not, you cannot comprehend the miracle that's going to come to you. Amen? Why? Because you took time to sit under the word. Hallelujah. Second Corinthians chapter 3, uh, verse one on us. Are we beginning to commend ourselves again or we, do we need as some letters of commendations to you or from you? Uh, you are a letter written our hearts known and read by all men. Paul speaking to the Corinthian church. Being manifested that you are a letter of Christ cared for by us, written not with the ink but with the spirit of the living God. Not on tablets of stone but on tablets of human hearts. The new covenant. Such confidence we have through Christ towards you, towards God. Not that we are adequate in ourselves to consider anything coming as coming from ourselves, but our adequacy is from God, who also made us adequate as servants of a new covenant. Not of the letter, but of the Spirit. For the letter kills, but the Spirit gives life. We quote that so often. You got, you're getting, getting this truth. So, but if the ministry of death in letters engraved on stones came with glory so that the sons of Israel could not Look intently at the face of Moses because the glory on his face, of his face fading as it was. How will the ministry of the Spirit fail to be even more with glory? You are with more glory. With more glory. Why? Because you are in the ministry of the Spirit, not the ministry of the letter. Man? Uh, more with God. For if the ministry of condemnation has glory, much more does the ministry of righteousness. So what's this ministry called? 
You see? So, so who is ministering here? Righteousness. That's why it's a ministry of? So, who, who uh, uh, I'm ministering here. Who's ministering? Holy Spirit is ministering. But you know, he's ministering through me. So I'm ministering. But here it says, the ministry of righteousness. Means righteousness is ministering. So the work of righteousness is peace. And service of righteousness is quietness and confidence. Isaiah 7, 32, 17. Eh? We just read. Okay, so. <laughs> so, uh, where are we? Where are we? Verse 9. Verse 9. Thank you. For the ministry of condemnation has glory. Much more does the ministry of righteousness abound in glory. glory. Amen. The word ministry, you know, is a word diconia. You know, which says it will minister to you or attend to you like a servant. It will serve you. So who's serving you? Righteousness. So is there any, any difference between Old, Old, Old Testament and New Testament? No. We read in Isaiah 32, 17, the service of Righteousness is quietness and confidence. What does it say here? The ministry of righteousness, which, is, uh, which just means righteousness will serve you like a servant, like an attendant. Like an attendant. Righteousness will attend to you. My goodness. Can you dig that? Righteousness will attend to you when you wait on you. Like, a, like you go to, go to a nice restaurant. Not the Tatuana. Go to Faisa. Restaurant, there'll be one guy assigned to your table. He will constantly watch over your table. He will see if you're finished, finished the food, what he'll do. He'll immediately come and say, Can I take the plate? And he'll immediately bring another plate for the next course. And when, the, when your water is going to the, to the half mark, he'll come immediately pour water. That's the guy who attends to you. And righteousness will attend to every aspect of your life. Amen. Where things are going down, it's going to come and fill it up. Amen. Serve you. Minister to you. My God. For indeed, what had glory? Verse 10. What had glory in, the, in this case has no glory because the glory that surpasses it. We have a glory that surpasses all the old covenant, all the law, every law, every, the most, we say, oh, Moses' face was shining. Forget about it. Who Moses' face was shining? Just ignore it. We are looking at Jesus' face, not Moses' face. Amen? And we are becoming like him. From glory to glory. That's what we're saying. Amen? What would say? That's going. For that which fades was with glory, much more that which remains is in Glory. Amen. Therefore, having such a hope, we use the boldness in our speech and are not like Moses who used to put a veil over his face so that the sons of Israel would not look intently at the end of what was fading away. We don't have a fading glory, okay? I said there was a band called Faded Glory. I think that belongs to Moses. But my... <laughs> But their minds were hardened for until this very day at the reading of the old covenant. The same veil remains until unlifted because it is removed in Christ. So the veil of your understanding will come upon your minds as long as you are holding on to the old covenant and the law. It cannot be removed. Your mind will be hardened. That's why a lot of believers are still holding on to the old covenant and the law and all and their minds are 
hardened. I know a lot of believers who are teaching and preaching that thing. Amen. Is the law bad? Law is not bad. Amen. But you are you are you are ministering something which has no use, which has no use to mankind. It has proved to be absolutely absolute failure. Who failed? Law failed? No, man failed. Because law is from God. It's not going to fail. Who's failing? Man who's supposed to fulfill the law failed. And which, which part are we on? We are on the man's side. Amen? That's why we failed. Now God translated us from man to his children. Amen? Gave us his spirit. Gave us his righteousness. We go back to the same thing. Okay. So where are we now? Okay, okay, okay. My iPad went somewhere else. Uh, okay. Um, okay, okay. Give me a second. Okay, 14. Okay, uh, therefore, but, but their minds were hardened for until this very day at the reading of the old covenant, the same veil remains unlifted. Amen? So when you're going to start believing in the old covenant and we need to do all the works of the law, then you will have the minds hardened and there will be a veil which obstructs you from believing Jesus. Amen? Remember, every time you go back to believing in the law, amen, you disregard Christ. You disregard Christ, you disregard his sacrifice, you disregard his blood, amen. That's, why, that's what Paul says, so, sorry, I, I, don't quote me on this. I tend to believe Paul wrote Hebrews. I tend to believe. That's just my thought, okay, uh, from, from the lingo, you know. So he says, you know, uh, when you reject Christ, that's 6, no? Hebrews 6. Yeah. So, and you, you have disregarded the Spirit and trampled underfoot the blood of Jesus Christ, then, then there is no coming back. Who is he talking to? He's talking to the Jewish people who, are, who got saved, a man came to Christ, left the law. Now the, uh, the, the persecution came and they are forced to Go reject Christ, this, you know, and go back to the law. So if you go back to, if you're a Jew, you will not be killed. Now, if you are of Christ, you will be killed. So Paul speaking to that. And it, it's amazing. You know, one, one time, because, oh my God. Are you there? It's, uh, listen, 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 listen. Listen to me, okay? This is one scripture. Where, where's, it, where's, it, where's it written? If you willfully sin. Where is it written? Is it in that chapter? Six, no? Is it six or ten? No, no, no. no. Don't go to John. I'm, I'm, I'm staying in Hebrews. Ten, twenty-six. What does it say? say? Right, right, right. So it's, it's, it's not six. It's ten. So he says about, you know... Uh, if you disregard the Spirit of God, if you disregard the Word, this is no, no longer. So, can you go back? Because this is good, because uh, everything is good in the Word. Where, where does it say, if you trample underfoot the blood of Jesus? Oh, chapter 10, no? 10, uh, before that. Before that, the beginning, I think somewhere in the. Is it 
1029? Maybe further down, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Read that. How much severe a punishment do you think ah. the serf who has trampled underfoot under the Son of God, Son of God. and has regarded as unclean the blood of the covenant ah. by which he was sanctified? Three things. Three things they do. Okay? So the willful sinning is you disregard the Son of God, trample underfoot the blood, and you know, then insult the spirit. So now, now preachers take this, uh, uh, this scripture, this scripture about willful sinning, amen, into some other things. And say, if you willfully sin, if you blaspheme. And Paul says, I am a blasphemer. Did David willfully sin? Yes. So that's not the willful sin. This is the, this is what it is called, willful sin is rejecting Christ and disregarding his blood and disregarding his spirit. Then you are done. Then you are done. Then let's not talk about, you know, restoration. Okay? I know a lot of Satanists who have got saved. They have blasphemed Christ and they have, but that was not willfully. Like Paul says, in my ignorance. In my ignorance. People can say things, people can talk about Christ, amen? But this is after knowing Christ. After knowing Christ, you willfully do these three things. Amen? That's a willful sin. Okay? So I want you to know, if somebody's going to preach to you about willful sin, you know, it's not that we will willfully commit adultery and then you will lose salvation. You're not going to lose salvation. Now those who are watching me, watch. Okay? I'm not asking you to commit adultery. Amen? I'm asking you to walk in righteousness. Amen? Then you're not talking about right, adultery at all. Amen? But I'm saying, if somebody falls like David fell, but you know, he says, blessed is a man whom God does not God does not take into account his sin. But, you know, sin is covered. Sin is covered. Amen? Why? Because he believed. He was restored. So you, there is restoration in those sins. But this one, no restoration. This one you are done. Amen? After you experience the Spirit and uh, see, saw the power of the blood and saw the Son of God and then you trample underfoot and regard and disregard and, you know, yeah, so that's, that's the willful sin. Don't, don't anybody talk to you if you are then sinning, okay, you will. This is not, that's not the sin that abuses salary. This is a sin that will cause you to lose your stand with God. Amen? God's not moving away, but you move away from God. You reject Him. Okay, I just want to clarify that, okay? Because a lot of people will come to you and say, if you willfully sin, you know, you're going to, you know, you're going to go. No. This is the willful sin. See, every time you read the Bible, go in context. Go in context with what you're reading. Well, see, we went in context with the whole book of Romans, and we see that righteousness is, is the main agenda of the new covenant. Okay, so where are we? For the, okay, verse 14. Where, where are we? No. 14, 15. But to this day, when the Moses read the veil of veil 
lies over their heart but whenever the person turns to the lord the veil is taken away now the lord is the spirit and where the spirit of the lord is there is liberty so now where is liberty where the spirit is where righteousness is man where grace is reigning but we all with unveiled faces we are with <laughs> unveiled faces we don't have any veil over our faces beholding as in a mirror what's the mirror the word beholding as in a mirror you look into the word and you see yourself and you see that other word says you are righteous the word says you are his righteousness and 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 then what happened you're going from glory to glory you are, you are into his image amen hallelujah from just from the lord the spirit amen okay last two scriptures okay okay let, let, let's let's let me uh my god uh okay second corinthians 517 we know we know those uh, scriptures 516 okay therefore for now on we recognize no one 5:14 now let me read let me read quickly for the love of Christ controls us having concluded this that one died for all therefore all died and he died for all so that they who live might no longer live for themselves but for him who died and rose again on their behalf therefore from now on we recognize no one according to the flesh but because we are not in the flesh even though we have known Christ according to the flesh that we know him this way no longer when Christ came in the flesh we knew him in the flesh now Christ is in the spirit now we are in the spirit with him in the spirit and so we are operating in the spirit amen uh, therefore if anyone is in Christ he is a new creature the old things have passed away behold new things have come say new things. new things now all these things are from god anything from me anything from you no all things are from god who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us a ministry of reconciliation so ministry of righteousness ministry of reconciliation namely that god was in christ reconciling the world to himself not counting their trespasses against them he has committed to us the word of reconciliation this word of reconciliation has been given to us we carried amen to the world because the world has been alienated from god now we are we are giving this word to them and they will be reconciled to god through his word amen and because the word of reconciliation is a ministry of reconciliation therefore we are who we are so before we in romans chapter we are children we are heirs and co-heirs now we are ambassadors man hallelujah see see righteous all about righteousness man we are ambassadors for christ as though god were making an appeal through us we beg on your behalf of christ be reconciled to god he may, he made him new who knew no sin to be sin on our behalf so that we might become the righteousness of god in him christ jesus so we are ambassadors to actually proclaim his righteousness on earth amen okay Let me read Ephesians also. But you did not learn Christ this way. Ephesians 4:20. Ephesians 4:20 to 24. But you did not learn Christ in this way. If indeed you have heard him and have been taught in him, just as the truth is in Jesus, that in reference to your former manner of life, you laid lay aside the old self, which is being corrupted according to 
accordance with the lust of deceit and that you have you be renewed in the spirit of your mind and put on the new self which is in the likeness of God has been created in righteousness and holiness of the truth so the new self is in righteousness and in holiness say my new self is in righteousness and holiness that's what it is created with can you imagine your new self is made out of created with righteousness and holiness of truth amen whose truth jesus okay now the last two passages you happy duck is waiting for you for there are many <laughs> rebellious men empty talkers titus chapter 1 verse 10 to 16 these are this these scriptures are specifically for people who think that they need to go back to the law okay because this this will nail it on the wall okay for there are many rebellious men who are they rebellious men then empty talkers nammal parayathile gas adikya nu parayathile chumma vaavichu empty talkers deceivers 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 so three things rebellious men empty talkers deceivers those of ah uh, those of the circumcision now any anybody is talking to you about circumcision and the law who are they rebellious men empty talkers deceivers moonu category und avare moonu title kodutu paul avarku paul gave them three titles so anybody is telling you you need to go back and do the law what are who are they rebellious men empty talkers and deceivers amen especially those of circumcision who must be what what they what should be done about them <laughs> put silencer in their mouth so that no voice will you can't silence them by the way but you can silence your ears to them means you just refuse to listen they'll be yakking you need to obey the law blah blah what do you need to do silence your ears silence them means don't try to go and switch them out silence your ears to them that's silencing them silence your ears to them don't listen don't give heed when people come because religion always wants you to do something and disregard what christ has done silence them because they are upsetting the whole families teaching things they should not teach for the sake of ah some sordid gain they have you know they think that you know they 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 becoming like it's it's like a pharisees you know any time you go back to the law you are like a pharisee you know and i don't think jesus spoke very nicely to pharisees one of them a prophet and they 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 want they actually killed him you know crucified him one of themselves so if you if you want to go back to the law and be a pharisee you know you are in, with the gang who crucified christ amen <laughs> one of them a prophet of their own said cretans are always liars evil beasts lazy gluttons <laughs> this assessment is true for this reason to prove them severely so that they may be uh, sound in faith in the faith not paying attention to jewish myths and commandments of men who turn away from the truth to the pure all things are pure but to those who are defiled and unbelieving defiled and 
unbelieving. Amen? So unbelief is a problem. Nothing is pure. Both their minds and their conscience are defiled. They profess to know God, but they, by their deeds, they deny being detestable, disobedient, and worthless for any good deed. Very strong words Paul's instructing to Titus to tell the church. We read that, and it is for us also. Amen? Let's turn to Titus chapter 3, the last passage. Titus chapter 3, verse 3 onwards. Titus 3, 3. Okay? For we were also once, we also once were foolish ourselves, disobedient, deceived, enslaved to, say once, once. not now. Say not now. Why? Because we have His righteousness. We are walking in His righteousness. We are empowered by His grace. So we also once were foolish ourselves, disobedient, deceived, and saved to various lusts and pleasures, spending our life in malice, envy, hateful, hating one another. But when the kindness of God, our Savior, and His love for mankind appeared, He, who saved us? He saved us. His kindness and His love saved us. Amen? Not on the basis of? Did He save us on the basis of anything we did? Which we have done in righteousness. <laughs> Not on the basis of any deed which you have done in righteousness. We have done many things in righteousness. That, whose righteousness? My righteousness, not God's. Amen. So none of those things have saved us, okay? But according to His mercy. By the washing of regeneration and by the renew, by, and renewing by the Holy Spirit. That's how we got saved. Whom He poured out upon us richly through Jesus our Savior. So that being justified by His grace, we would be made as according to the hope of eternal life. It's all the same thing spoken again. This is a trustworthy statement concerning these things I want you to speak confidently. Now speak. Say, I'll speak confidently. Because the Lord has taught you, man. So that those who have believed God will be careful to engage in good deeds. These things are good and profitable for men. But avoid what? What do you need to avoid? Foolish controversies, genealogies, and strife, and dispute about the Say avoid. avoid. What is to avoid? Foolish controversies, genealogies, disputes about strife and dispute about the law. Say avoid. avoid. So avoid. And the Bible says avoid what you need to do. Avoid, avoid means don't engage. Don't engage in disputes about the law. Don't engage in this genealogy business. Don't engage in strife. Amen. Don't engage in controversies. Foolish controversies. Foolish controversies. For they are unprofitable and worthless. Why should we avoid? Because they are unprofitable and worthless. Reject a factious man after the first and the second warning. You can maybe talk to him one time, two times, not for hours, maybe five minutes. Amen? Five minutes itself is too much. When you start hearing somebody talking about the law, one, two minutes, you say, say I have to go. I have another appointment. appointment. Who have 
You're not lying. You have an appointment with God, not with idiots, you know. I do that. Yeah. I'm busy. Why are you busy? I'm, I'm busy with God. I don't have time for to waste on you. These are all good, uh, good lines for ministers. Okay? Because we can't lie. Yeah, I turn from them and I engage with my God. Why should I waste, with, waste my time? Avoid all these things, amen? Because it's worthless and unprofitable. Why should I engage with things which are worthless and unprofitable? You want to engage? I think you want to. Nobody's saying no. I'll ask you a question. You want to engage? No. no. Say no loudly. No. Let there be some conviction in your heart after you hear the scripture, you know? Hallelujah. Thank you. God bless you. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this time, for this wonderful time that we celebrate your word. We have celebrated your word and it's just this church has been celebrating your word and I had the privilege to come here and celebrate your word with you, with these precious, precious saints. And Lord, I thank you, Lord, for their lives. Thank you for, for all that you're doing in their lives. I bless them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And I ask the mighty move of your spirit in this congregation, in this church, and Father, in this body of Christ. Lord, let the spirit move, hallelujah, mightily. Let the revelation of Christ, hallelujah, flood this place, hallelujah. Let it flood their hearts. Let it flood their homes. Let it flood their workplaces, Lord. Let the revelation of Christ, Lord, hallelujah, reign. Let grace reign in righteousness, Lord, hallelujah, and let, unto eternal life in Christ Jesus, Lord. And we thank you, Lord, that we will continually present ourselves, Lord, as instruments of righteousness, Hallelujah. We thank you, Father, that, Lord, we are, we are, we are called, amen, hallelujah, unto your righteousness. We are called unto the truth. We are called unto grace. And we thank you, Father. We give you praise, Father. Lord, I pray that you continue to minister, continue to be glorified, continue to be exalted in and through each one of our lives, Lord. We ask you, Father, that you will be with us and watch over us and watch between us till we meet again, Lord. Hallelujah. If you tarry in coming, Lord. We ask you, Father, that till we meet again, you will continue to glorify your name amongst us and in us and through us, Lord. Uh, in Jesus' name, amen. Hello, this is Nishad Dilipkoshi. I'm sure this podcast has blessed you. Do subscribe to our channel for more messages and follow us on social media to stay connected. May God bless you.